We're excited to be sponsored by Your Digital Future, a new talent agency specializing in digital training and recruitment. One of the challenges we see is that finding good marketers is hard. If you don't live and breathe digital marketing, then how do you know where to find these people? What do you ask them? And are they even any good? Your Digital Future takes that off your hands as an employer. Also, if you're looking for a job in marketing, they work with progressive candidate-focused brands nationally. So it's worth connecting with them, even if you're not looking for a new role right now. To find out more, visit yourdigitalfuture.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the More Than Digital Marketing podcast, a podcast about digital marketing and so much more. I'm one of your hosts today. My name is Jack. I'm joined by Matt and me, Lucy. Hello. Hello again. Hello. There's back to three of us this week. Yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm lucky enough to join the dream team. Well, yeah, we've let you in this week. We can't promise any future yeah. weeks will be the same. But yeah, it's good to have you on this week. Welcome to the inner sanctum. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm so lucky. How, yeah. how is everything? Good. I feel like all we do is, yeah, busy, busy. You know, I was, that, that wasn't the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is everything? It's still busy. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> everything. If, if you want to be, yeah, Stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the event is one week out, so it's all hands on deck One week to go. One week to go. Event? What event what is this? Event? Good job you asked, Jack. It's the Digital Trends event that we are running at Winslade Park on the 15th of March. Um, there, is a, there is a code which was, Matt will share with us now i was just about to say <laughs> if i was a podcast listener and i wanted to come is there any kind of special oh, code what a great question what can there I is do? indeed oh <laughs> do you know what jack there is a special code you can use and that <laughs> it is pod vip and that gets you how much off a ticket lucy i would say 100 percent, but it's not that um <laughs> <laughs> A percentage off. It's 15%. 15%. <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. not 15%. dance around how, how much the percentage is? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. So, yeah, pod um, VIP, P O D VIP for 15% off your Digital Trends 2023 ticket. Awesome. So, we're going to put the link in the description below. But if you, yeah, search on Eventbrite, you'll also find it. If you look for Optic Solutions, um, it'll be the first result. We also fall into the trap of going, it's one week out. But the podcast is released on a Friday, so oh, you've got yeah. less than a week Ooh, to go. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets they now. Going. There are a very, very limited amount of tickets left, so get them now. Yeah, well, it's really exciting. There's going to be, well, first, probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen for podcast listeners is there's a live <laughs> podcast happening on the day. Uh, so that'll be me, Luke, and Becky uh, all sat together, basically doing the pod as it's normally done, but in sort of a roundhouse live kind of way. We'll we'll see how that turns out on the day. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. I'm I don't have any worries about how it's going to go down. Just more, yeah, trying to do something a bit a bit different, but not too different because yeah. you don't want a bit it to be too wildly different that it alienates people from yeah. you know the stuff that they enjoy like this. No, I pl- think it'd be plugging good. events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to plug after this. Yeah. No, I think it'd be good because people can actually all our listeners can sort of see how it is run. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, very, very formal. We're all sat here in black tie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also the most efficient process that I've ever been involved with. <laughs> and they, yeah, will they'll peek behind the curtain and see how slick the whole thing is. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, something worth saying as well is that we are looking for extra guests, additional guests down the line. So yep. if you're a listener and you feel like you want to get involved and you'd like to jump in, um, be on the podcast with us. We'd yeah, we're always open to having 
additional people on the podcast with us. We've got a few people lined up uh, down, yeah, coming the next couple of months. So yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy that when it happens. And yeah, if you want to get involved, please let us know. You can tweet us, you can email. Our email address is... <laughs> podcast at opticsolutions.co.uk Wonderful. Um, we've got so many different email addresses, it's sometimes quite difficult to remember <laughs> which one's which. Probably the podcast one is the one that starts with podcast. But um, So instead of asking the question that I asked about what, whether people were busy or not, um, what have you been busy doing? So... Matt, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> I nearly flipped it this week and said, no, I haven't been busy at all. Yeah. Um, no, what have we been doing? It's it's the beginning of the Sorry. month again. So we uh, this is the time that we pull our client reports and see how everyone's performing and then deliver them. Um, and also, yeah, just realign on objectives and things for the month. So um, that's what I've been busy doing. Lucy? Yes, same as always, really. Um, we've got a strategy delivery tomorrow, which I've been working on as well. Um, and other than that, reports and just sort of getting my life organised for the rest of the month and delegating tasks and things like that. So I quite like the beginning of the month, actually. I find it quite satisfying to do the reports, get it all laid out, get my to-do list done. And then it's like, oh, God, I've actually got to do this now. But, yeah, I quite like it at the start of the month. So existential yeah, existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't sound right. No. But, yeah, I've I've been very busy. Yeah. But I've, I've been – I had a huge uh, – strategy that deliver that I delivered last week so a huge weight off my shoulders to an extent um but yeah I was really happy with well just just the presentation um loads of support from colleagues um and yeah we put a lot of effort into the design of the of the delivery of the deck and it looked really good so really happy with how that went and I'm trying to think I know that this week's been crazy already and I'm trying to think what I've actually done and I don't really remember I've just been just been so in the thick of it, um, just helping to support colleagues and various things like that. So a an afternoon in the studio recording is a very, very welcome break. <laughs> so with that said, should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Who wants to who wants to handle this first first ex <laughs> good luck back? Well, yeah. <laughs> I do you know I knew that was kind of the way Lucy looked at me then. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was never gonna be me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think this is the this is one of those like if you you won't have seen this, you will have seen this unless you've been living under a rock type yeah. news things. I think if we didn't cover it, it would be uh, a lot of people would be wondering if we actually have our finger on the pulse. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's a big, big story in, in the Twitter space today. It sort of kicked off yesterday, didn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah over yesterday, certainly last last couple of days, where um, we're, of course, talking about Elon Musk um, and uh, how he has handled uh, a conversation with a um, an, an employee. Um, and yeah, and and essentially the the, the Twitter storm that has, uh, that has occurred off the back of it. So um, essentially, yeah, Mr. Musk got into a public feud with a former uh, former Twitter employee uh, by the name of Haralda uh, Thorleaf, uh, Thorleafson. Is Icelandic? Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. um, yeah so uh, Mr. Thorleafson uh, criticised Musk's behaviour on the platform and accused him of bullying and spreading misinformation. This, this occurred after... Um, the gentleman logged into his computer one day to start some work and realised that he had been logged out, um, couldn't get in for nine days, and well, he couldn't couldn't contact anyone either. Con could he? Couldn't contact Which anyone. Yeah, the 
he got in touch with the HR department at Twitter. They couldn't confirm or deny, I think, yeah. whether he was an employee at Twitter. Um, I mean, there is some a bit of sort of, yeah, the backstory being that um, the company that uh, Harold Thorleifsson had set up was acquired by Twitter prior to Elon Musk taking over at Twitter. Um, so, yeah, there was a there was a bit of a backstory Um and yeah, a bit of back and forth. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just with with all these things, it's kind of really well. One of the biggest critiques in this instance is how how he's handled, or mm. when I say he, how Elon Musk specifically has handled this, where you're taking a very sensitive sort of issue and just sort of airing it in the court of public opinion, where really it's a very private conversation when you've lost your job. Mm you know first you don't know that you've lost it and then secondly all you're trying to do is get some answers because you know if you lose your job it's a very turbulent and um anxiety inducing time to be in to then just try and try and make sense of it to go and ask the person basically at the yeah. top of the tree and just say could could you just help me out please i'm trying to work out mm -hmm. what's going on and then he you know essentially just makes makes it so much worse yep yeah 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 because i think Thorleifsson had, where he'd asked Musk already privately, but it, Musk had never replied. So then he, the only really outlet he had was to do it publicly. But yeah. I think, does Elon Musk have a PR person? Surely. <laughs> but yeah. they're not doing a very good job <laughs> if, they, if he does. Because I just think, himself. just temper yourself before you say stuff like that. Get the facts and then reply. I would say the way that, you know, he's approached Twitter is, yeah. you know, that having a PR person would be a you know a, a job that could be cut in his oh, eyes sure, yeah. so so yeah. he doesn't need a pr person because it's you know something that he could save money on and obviously he's doing a great job <laughs> in his mind yeah in his in his mind yeah absolutely oh but, yeah just to make that clear i was being yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the, some of the things i'm uh, just reading the articles so this this one is i mean this particular article is for the, from the guardian but we could have taken it from absolutely anywhere um to be honest um but yes yeah, so some of the uh, responses that Musk has thrown out include calling uh, Mr. Thaleefson a little weasel and a terrible human being. Um, all on a, obviously all on a pu public platform. Um, and yeah, essentially what what this is doing is uh, highlighting that ongoing tension between uh, yeah Musk and and the people at Twitter, employees, former employees. Mm -hmm. It's it's just well, I think it used to be almost well, I would say that it was a respectable job. If you said to someone, hey, I work at Twitter, it'd be yeah. like, wow, that's amazing. You know, that's a really respectable business, you know, to work for. Now, if you said it, people would be like, ooh. Poor you. Poor you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the way it's going. And, you know, we're going to talk a bit more about different social media platforms later, but it's just, yeah, things change very quickly. And I guess opinions of things change almost daily yeah. but this i think it's been quite consistent people's opinions of twitter at least in this year and yeah. the way that it's been going mm -hmm. um and surely from like an advertising point of view if you were a company you would be slightly mad to keep on advertising yeah. on twitter right if like at this point in time because yeah. i feel like when it first started people were kind of umming and ahhing should i should i leave and surely the writing's on the wall now in terms of just don't advertise on twitter i, th I think that's completely right there are so many things i think we talked about it before didn't we um yeah about how um, certain businesses were calling on on other businesses to stop advertising on on Twitter, stop giving the revenue. I mean, it must be watching their like shares rise and fall must be like an absolute roller coaster ride. If you've got any well, sort of investment, in it the must company. just be one of those ones that's slowly going down. Though. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. coming to the end of the end of the ride at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't think we have any clients that are advertising on Twitter that I know of. No. Um, and it's certainly something we spoke about last year when I rem- remember last talking about Twitter at least. We said that we wouldn't recommend that anyone advertises at, on Twitter. So I think it'd be really interesting next week when we're at the event to sort of ask people and see mm-hmm. almost, you know, this is a note from my future self to ask yeah. the audience, um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone is on Twitter, and I'd love to hear just on Twitter or in our emails, if you are and your reasons for doing it, it would just be really interesting to know because uh, at the moment, I, I guess from where, where we're sitting, it doesn't really seem like a viable no. option. No. No. So yeah, the, adver- the advertising point of view is, is interesting. There are, there are clients that um, we have that use Twitter um, from like more of an organic basis. But I think even like when we're thinking about delivering strategies and things like that, there's always that question mark over, do we recommend Twitter here? And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like what what might be down the line in the future regarding will this platform even exist in the future? Mm. I don't know. What's happening with, um, is it Mastodon, the other one that was sort of had come out of the fray from <laughs> I guess it's, it's still, plodding it's along. probably yeah. plodding along. Plodding along. Like, like a... Uh, Mastodon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just sound kind of like a dinosaur. Um, I th- I think it's just you know probably getting more and more people yeah. as the days go on. But at least at the time that I was sort of last reading about it, it just it didn't really have the same kind of infrastructure. Mm. But then Twitter doesn't really have an infrastructure anymore. <laughs> so no. you know when you gut gut the uh, yeah all the tech and yeah. get rid of all the people, then what's really left? Yeah. Mm. you've got. I did I did see someone on LinkedIn, it was LinkedIn or Twitter one of the platforms basically just said, oh, I think I should probably go and check my Mastodon account. I haven't <laughs> been there for a while. And I think that's sort of like telling on uh, about the whole situation. Yeah, people very quick to leave and jump ship. Mm. But then, yeah, I guess there are lots of, there are so many different social media platforms that, yeah, when you lose, when you when you sort of change change platforms, then, yeah, it's it's hard to know where, where the right one mm. to go is. Yep. Yeah, we should say before we move on, just in case any legal teams are listening, Elon Musk has apologised to Harold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thorleifson. Yeah, <laughs> rightly so. Whether he's accepted his apology or not. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says in the article, doesn't it? It said um, what Elon said. He's considering remaining at Twitter, and then at the end of the article, which is from the Guardian, Thorleifson said, "I'm opening a restaurant in downtown Reykjavik very soon. It's named after my mum." So I think he's taking on a bit more of a wholesome approach if he does go down that route. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he said you had every right to lay me off, but it would have been nice to let me know. <laughs> yep, that's well, one way of putting it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm sure we'll be reading more about Elon Musk in the future. Oh, so yeah. if anyone wants to hear there. hear more about Elon, we, we'll talk about him in due course. I'm sure. Um, I think I don't think we announced this at the start of the podcast, but uh, probably to give some context to the next article today is International <laughs> Women's Day. Yeah. Uh, so that sort of will bring a bit more clarity to why we're talking about the next uh, particular uh, article, which is um, around, again, this is Twitter related, but this is a gender pay gap bot um, that is essentially following around various posts on Twitter uh, talking about International Women's Day um, and giving a brief report on the insights into the particular business that's talking about International Women's Day and giving insights into their own gender pay gap. So yep. essentially, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's quite interesting, actually. I quite I don't have Twitter, um, but this is the thing you can sort of access, and that's the one thing I do quite like looking at. 
um, when companies are, you know, happy International Women's Day and we support women. And then above it, it's like this this brand is playing 15.8% lower if you're a woman. And it's yeah. just quite interesting. Although I did see a few and there really are few and far between where the women are actually paid more, which is also not equality. But it just shocked me that that was kind of another way another way of looking at it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's about a couple who set it up, I believe, in 2022. Um, so Francesca Lawson and her partner, who is a software developer, and it's now, the account has now got over 230,000 followers so who sort of keep up with what organisations are doing and the gender pay gap within these organisations. Um, but it's something that's going to be interesting to see how it carries on because obviously Elon Musk and Twitter want to crack down on bots, don't they? So yeah. It's I don't know whether it'll be around this time next year. It'll be interesting to see. Twitter. Well, <laughs> the, the account and Twitter, to be fair. Good point. Um, but yeah, the account. And she said, the lady who owns it says, we don't know whether or not our access will change. Um, hopefully we'll make it past another um, 8th of March, which is obviously when International Women's Day is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think it's quite a, an interesting account to look at with brands that are following and we're doing this and we're doing that. And you do actually need to put your money where your mouth is. And yeah. Definitely. I think that when it comes to, obviously, International Women's Day, it's very important. And there are loads of other sort of situations where, you know, if you talk about, you know, important topics like sustainability, for example, where a company might say, you know, we invest in such and such, you know, it's quite nice to then have something following up, almost fact checking to be like, mm. oh, yeah, but by the way, you also dump x amount of gallons of stuff yeah. into the yeah. ocean. So you're not really offsetting anything. And it's mm -hmm. just very important to almost keep people in check and just to be like, the reason this kind of a day exists is to help to, you know, to reduce injustice in society. And as you said, Lucy, it's ultimately about equality. Yeah. And just by being, you know, hypocritical, you're mm -hmm. not really creating anything. Yeah. And they've said a few companies have responded in quite a... Yeah, a cold manner when they've been called out on it on Twitter, but then some have sort of acted in quite a positive way. So she said last year, Imperial College London um, accepted responsibility and acknowledged that even a relatively small gap still isn't good enough, where there's some other, I think a lot of them are um, higher educational institutions as well. Sort of one of them gave a one line response, which was quite cold and uh, really did not want to accept responsibility for it. So I think it's true. It's the way the companies deal with this information, whether they try and, you know, brush it under the carpet or actively acknowledge it and what they can do to change it. I think yeah, the response yeah. from the company shows a lot about them as well. And if I mm. was potentially, I don't know, a, a company you're looking for a job for and if they acknowledged it and accepted responsibility, even if the gap was still there for now, you'd expect them to, you know, make moves to change it. But you'd think, oh, okay, they are, their yeah. mindset about it is going in the right direction. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if you can see that a company is moving in the right direction, then, yeah. you know, that's sort of, fine i and i like the way how you know that if a company does get called out then they go and go to these people whoever it might be to say you know we're trying to we're trying to reduce this gap what else can we do mm -hmm. and like try and seek out some advice and learn about you know what else they can do to help out i think it's a really good thing um mm -hmm. and I just like i just love this kind of stuff just to like keep keep brands in check essentially yeah. like you said jack about like whatever they might be raising awareness about yeah, definitely. I, I think there's also the element of just that there are there are certain days in the calendar that come up, right? That, mm. And, you know, I'm not saying that this is just a day that we just have to get past. That's not what I'm saying. But, I'm, <laughs> but they're like, 
younger yeah. marketers are probably just looking at a calendar and just like taking all these different dates and you know the most junior person in the business could just be like happy international women's day and mm -hmm. and just move on with their you know marketing schedule and they're not sort of necessarily mindful of the the wider i guess like implications yeah. of that and so then this this bot appears and reminds everyone oh by the way <laughs> there is still huge injustice <laughs> in this particular company yeah um and whoever posted that just wasn't sort of aware yeah, of that yeah, definitely. gap in the business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's where it's really important where when you have got these awareness days, like chat to your HR team, get all the stats and, and like actually put out. I think sometimes as well, if, if you, you know, if, if you know that you have a gender pay gap or something, then at least sort of explaining like we're here and publishing that. I think certain brands, if you're of a certain size, have to publish their gender pay reports anyway. Um, so if you can then sort of show the steps that you're, doing it and it goes the same with like greenwashing mm -hmm. and sustainability or rainbow washing things like that if you can mm -hmm. show the steps that you're taking because you can't just you know expect you know loads and loads of brands just from day one just to be like right okay we're <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything's flat we do yeah we're the best most sustainable um brand um ever like that's you know if the brands are of a certain age you just can't really expect that from people but i think yeah if they're showing those steps that they're taking i think that's a good thing yeah, definitely. To play devil's advocate, I think sometimes people put up barriers because they feel like they can, where sometimes it's probably easier to do mm. than mm. they would. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said, but I also think that sometimes it's just, no, actually, can you just change it? And that's sometimes enough. And mm -hmm. just there's enough pushback from people who are higher up who are in positions of power being like, yeah. oh, this is the way that it's always been. And this is the way that it works for me. So this mm -hmm. is the way I want to keep it. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather see like people just be like, oh, no, actually, I don't like it like this. Can we just make it fair now? Yeah. And yeah, that yeah. would be much better. But because mm -hmm. it reminds me of sort of when COVID hit, there was... Um, there was a business I remember reading about that it was they they'd done an internal report into how long it was going to take to like to basically turn everything to being working from home. So they'd like done an internal report in like 2020 that was all about how long it's going to take to actually turn it so that we can work effectively right. from home to give everyone a better quality of life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then this is before COVID. Yeah. And then the 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 report was something like one year. It will take one year oh to get from, um, you know, working in the office to everyone suddenly working from home. Um, COVID hit and they did it in a week. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's, it's just like people make reports and come up with just, I don't know, excuses. Mm. Um, when actually if you're asked or told to do something, it can be done quite yeah, quickly. Definitely. Um, but anyway. That's obviously quite a charged subject. So yeah. we should probably <laughs> move, move on. Uh, a large subject. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. That's, it it, that it doesn't get lighter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who wants to take this one? Yeah, <laughs> okay. You go, you go yeah, for yeah. it. Um, so, TikTok are introducing a series feature uh, which enables creators to sell premium episodes. So, this is an article from Search Engine Land. Um, and the feature is currently being tested with a small group of creators in the US, the UK and Canada. So basically how it works is creators can use the series feature and they create a series of related videos which viewers can then purchase as a kind of bundle, um, which they can purchase in the app. And then they're able to watch premium content after it's been removed from the creator's profile. 
Um, so I guess it's a good way for creators to keep making revenue from it, from TikTok, because they receive 50% of the revenue from their sale of the series. But a huge 50% obviously still goes to TikTok. Um, but yeah, it's part of TikTok's efforts to keep sort of monetizing the platform and enabling creators to keep having their say on the platform. So, I mean, as I've said in many an episode, I'm not a TikTok user, but um, I feel like it could be quite a good new feature to have i don't know do you have tiktok jack i can't remember no Matt. no sorry i'm Matt, do you, do you <laughs> i have it but i don't really engage would this with be it, a feature honest. that if you were really into it you'd think oh, okay cool I this is good yeah, would you pay for it or i think it's i think because i see this and the article references as well yeah similar to something like netflix or amazon prime where if you know that there's a certain creator and this is like original creators so it's tiktok obviously wanted to try and gatekeep um, the better creators on the platform. If there is someone that I did engage with and I followed and I really like, you know, enjoyed, and then I probably would. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's you're going to see um, a lot of like a big disparity between the quality of content. And again, I think that's sort of referenced in the article that you might get people that can afford to create really nicely polished yeah. videos. Yeah. Um, versus the people that uh, can't. So I think, you know, you'll start seeing those sort of less affluent creators maybe sort of fall down a little Mm -hmm. bit. But um, I don't see it as too different from like YouTube, to be honest, Mm -hmm. either, where, you know, people, you know, you get a mix of people creating loads of different types of content and it varies in quality and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting from TikTok. It feels like for me, it goes against what TikTok is about a little bit yeah but yeah. i suppose no, I you know that. there's evolution and they've got to think about how they create longevity in the platform yeah i think i do i do agree that it does seem to go against the kind of i want to say inverted commas tiktok vibe <laughs> <laughs> wow but um i do sort of see as well that if you are starting to develop a followership on tiktok it kind of does work for you mm-hmm. if you if you could then sort of engage or like buy one particular content creator's content as a series i I definitely can sort of see that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it does go back to what you were saying matt that just it's very content led yeah so yeah so it's kind of every every platform would want to tie their sort of best content creators into their platform um, and it's sort of been seen a number of different times across different platforms with different content creators. Um, Mr. Beast maybe being an example on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we all know Mr. Beast Yeah, now. we talked about him mm. last week, didn't we? Did you? Yeah. Mm. Have you not listened to the podcast? Hey. <laughs> I'll get there. Revealed yourself then. Yeah, we did okay. a little bit. <laughs> no. I'm not going to ask what you talked about because <laughs> I'm to sure... Be honest, I can't remember. Anyone, but anyway. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> Sorry, I really interrupted you, Flo. <laughs> uh, yeah, content creators, if they're on a particular platform, people will want to, well, platforms want to lock pl- content yeah. creators into certain platforms, don't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Um, because if you can only watch Mr. Beast videos on YouTube, yeah. for example, then that's good for YouTube mm-hmm. and it's good for Mr. Beast and versus, you know, whoever is the top TikToker. Tell Asking you. the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask Becky. Yeah. Some, some Becky dog account, know. probably. Probably. Yeah. Dog yeah. talk, yeah. yeah. A farrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. that is genuinely it, isn't it? Is it a farrier? Yeah. yeah. Not well, like he was a, last year. Yeah. Not Just like best. cleaning out horses' hooves. Oh, right, okay. It's um, actually kind of therapeutic. I have seen a few of them. 
I thought it was going to be some kind of corgi-related dog talk. <laughs> dog talk. <laughs> dog talk. There's wedding talk, book talk, everything talk. But yeah, I, d- I definitely see this c- competing more with YouTube. And like you say, you're going to those platforms are going to contract people in, aren't they? Mm. Just to like mm-hmm. exclusively create, and you know, you'll see more competition. Yeah, and especially if it's that fifty percent, fifty percent split where you can only buy... I'm going to use Mr. Beast as an example again because I've brought him up. But <laughs> you can only buy Mr. Beast videos here and there is content... You know, you love Mr. Beast videos and you want to buy those videos and you want to you know, watch as much of his content as possible, but you can only watch those series on TikTok. Yep. And then you're, you're buying 50%... or Sorry, you're buying all of it, but 50% of it's going to TikTok. TikTok obviously want that. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, Mr. Beast would benefit as well. Yeah, but, but also surely it will harm creators who potentially can't afford to pay to like be a pre like create content for premium episodes. If they just create content, what is classed as premium content? I Can guess they class premium ep- like the premium the argument episodes? there would be, you know, it kind of incentivizes doing more on the platform because then right, you yep. would get to that status of being eligible to be a premium uh, TikToker. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, d- I don't think that's dissimilar to how like YouTube creators would work either, is it? So, isn't mm. isn't it true like Mr Beast before he like restarted started or when he first started would analyze so many different videos at a time to yeah. understand what worked best and then, you know, even now if a video doesn't meet his quality guidelines, they just won't publish it. And then right. they could have spent like thousands, hundreds oh, of thousands, whatever. Um so I think there is a sense of that already. So, yeah, it's, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. But yeah, I think it's gonna yeah definitely compete with YouTube. You can you can definitely see the kind of like business advice, the how to guides, all that kind of stuff working really well on TikTok as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, even like as a series of like how to rebuild a car. <laughs> <laughs> Something you're looking into? <laughs> no, not yet. At least <laughs> van like, conversion. Yeah, be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Cool. Yeah, that I'd pay That's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need I need the how to fix your van first. Yeah. And, and, and then, then I can move on to yeah. Yeah. Version, yeah. <laughs> the interior. Yeah. Great news. Matt's van is back on the road. Yay. We know lots of, you know, listeners are worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The van is back. Well, they can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so staying in uh, TikTok news, um, uh, an article that I introduced just because it's kind of again big news and it keeps being talked about in america but basically uh the white house uh has backed a bill that is potentially going to give um u.s lawmakers the power to ban tiktok in america um so i think a big part of this particular bill is the fact that it's bipartisan so both democrats and republicans both agree that they aren't happy about tiktok Mm -hmm. and similar um i guess similar kinds of apps and things like that um which have ties to foreign government governments being sort of so widely used across the country um and so yeah they're they're looking at introducing a bill that is potentially going to be able to ban uh use of tiktok um and obviously this is just a bill so what happens is they then put it through the house and then through the congress is that right (laughs) (laughs) i'm not off on uh yeah uh, American and legislation. Then, and then basically when it's voted on by everyone in the majority passed through oh it's the House and the Senate, sorry. So when it passes through the House and then the Senate, then it would become law. Um but 
it obviously has to go through quite a big sort of vote to sort of get to that point. But the fact that it's even going forwards mm. and the fact that it's also bipartisan means that it has legs. So bipartisan mean that it's not just one, like the left or the right mm -hmm. who are putting it forwards. It's sort of like a joint party of both saying that they agree that this is not good. Um, so the, f the fact that they, yeah, they're yeah. doing it together means that there is a real potential that this could actually go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does seem to have gained traction over the last few weeks because I feel like a few other podcasts we've talked about it and thought, oh, there's a, there could be something, oh, there's talk about it, but this seems kind of quite a an important step into, like you say, actually getting it banned mm. on a nationwide perspective. Yeah, and the fact that there have there are instances of other countries that have banned TikTok. Mm -hmm. So India and Pakistan being examples of countries that have actually banned it already, it's not unheard of mm. to think of a country entirely banning an app um just because it's a little bit sus <laughs> yeah the so i understood as well they were working on um you know how they can because this is about sort of data protection and privacy and all that kind of stuff and selling secrets you know i've got my tinfoil they, hat on they need to know which dance moves exactly you know. <laughs> um, but they, I thought TikTok, TikTok were working with the American government, or TikTok is certainly working. I think it was Project Texas started in 2020 to house data in the US or something. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're working towards it. But essentially, are we saying that maybe the clock is TikToking? Oh god. Oh god. That's the end of the podcast. It's time to go. Thanks for How, watching. Yeah. How long were you cooking that one? Yeah. Up? <laughs> I thought about it at the start. <laughs> Oh, there's a note here. Yeah. <laughs> you got it written down. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sort of in this, in that same sort of vein, obviously with this conversation that you was just saying, Lucy, that we've been talking about this for a few weeks, people are talking about this. And because a lot of companies are investing a lot of time and resource into how to market on TikTok effectively. People are very nervous and marketers are very nervous about what happens if suddenly all this, you know, a platform essentially just disappears because it's been banned by the government. Mm -hmm. What Ooh. happens, Lucy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> cross-promote. Definitely cross-promote yes. your channels. <laughs> if you're on TikTok, you're also on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. get them out there. Get yeah, yeah if, if you're currently only on TikTok and Twitter, it's, it's, it's time <laughs> yeah. to... Uh, yeah. To find some yeah. other channels. Yeah. Reconsider your channels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do do digital marketing strategies. We <laughs> yeah. can help you yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, consider Facebook maybe. But again, don't don't only, I guess, put all your digital eggs in one basket. Yeah. Yeah. It, consider your personas. Where, where, are your, where, are your, uh, where are your users, customers, clients? Where are they hanging out? Hopefully they're not on TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are. I'm sure they'll they'll be in other places. Yeah, as well. there definitely will be. Yeah. Anything to add about TikTok before we move on to the next? No, I think Matt's sort of joke really sort of finished that. <laughs> Sorry, I really killed. Nicely. I killed the conversation. <laughs> there, yeah. didn't I, I think that was quite a good end to it. Yeah. Um, so, do we want to talk about the metaverse, or do you want to talk about? Uh, something else Lucy you can talk about the metaverse I'll just, no, I'll I, just I learn with I've, everyone else I've, I've made my thoughts on the metaverse very clear um, I feel like yeah I mean, it feels like we've gone back what did I say earlier six, yeah. like four to six months talking about the metaverse yeah we I think we should leave it for another six months and then <laughs> pick, pick it up yeah. again and just see if, if anything's actually happened with mm. the metaverse it's and still gaining traction it's probably. still in the traction gaining phase so yeah 
We'll watch it. We'll keep our finger on the pulse of it. I will tell you something, though, that is, like, since I last talked about the metaverse, that's changed. Something's changed in my life. Uh, I tried VR for the first time, oh. uh, like, two weeks ago. It was a meta metaverse quest, I think. So it's, like, one of the ones that, like, everything's, like, built into the headset mm. and not connected to a computer or anything. Um, and it was one of the coolest experiences really? of my life. It's I've never I've never experienced anything like it before. It's what just, were you doing? What were you doing? So I was playing, playing a zombies game. Or? Yeah, yeah. I was playing a game called Resident Evil Four, and it was just insane. It was so much fun. So I played it for a good half hour, and wow. I just couldn't get couldn't get like my head around just like what was actually happening. Like <laughs> in like just the fact that you're kind of like there and. It's just a weird experience. Mm. And like the fact that like, so the actual controllers like do kind of mimic your hands. And so you can sort of like move your hands around and kind of wow. see things that are happening like with your sort of virtual hands in the space. It was kind of like, I've kind of like been sort of very much on the fence of like, nah, it's VR, whatever, you know, I get mm. it. Mm. But like having actually tried it, it's like a real like, oh, actually it's really fun and it's really cool. I couldn't, I, I wouldn't buy one because they're super expensive and like I would do it for another half hour and be like, yeah, that was really fun. And then yeah. it would go in a cupboard and yeah. would never be like touched again. Yeah. But it was really fun. Yeah. And it was like a really, really different experience. And like I was like playing where I was like throwing things between mm -hmm. my hands. And that was really fun. <laughs> like just a like really basic thing, but something that you've never really been able to do mm -hmm. in like a virtual yeah. space. So like having like I had a knife in my hand, I was like throwing it and catching it, <laughs> and then like a pistol and like spinning it in the air and That's like catching cool. it in the other hand. That's what's, cool. what's wrong with just a, a ball? Right. But yeah, but it could have been. Well, that's just what I had to hand. Yeah. But just it's yeah, it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. So kind of like from a metaverse perspective, it was kind of like a oh okay, I can kind of like see at least how revolutionary this could be. But it's kind of like getting the tech into people's hands, and it's mm. kind of like what I've been saying about chat gpt the fact that it's so easily accessible and people can just try it and get mm -hmm. it straight away yeah that you know give someone a vr headset and sit them down in the metaverse they might sort of get it but then it's like yeah it's expensive and yeah. it's kind of like as i said i'd do it for 30 minutes and i put it in the cupboard wouldn't do it again so like that's the the hurdle that they kind of have to overcome it's like how do you sort of make it that it's like an everyday experience because it's like i could do this with a headset on or I could do it on a computer and it's kind of like slightly different experiences but one's much easier mm. to do so I'd probably still default but like if I was looking for a completely different experience then I would put on a headset yeah like proper like immersive experience yeah. was it weird when you then took it off and you're like oh a little bit <laughs> yeah. it was because like it was it was just really weird like just genuinely like being in a space and being able to look around and just sort of like it did feel like, yeah, so clever. It was. I was super impressed. I was genuinely impressed. I'm nervous about the future and like the fact that we're going to have no social interactions at yeah. some point. Surely it's going to get to that point. Oh we go. God, we put our VR headset on. We walk to the office. Yeah. We take. You know. We don't even take our headset no, off. No. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> you say walk. Like, I want it to be like Wally. We'll be in the chairs. Oh so right. Yeah. yeah sure. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. <laughs> so old school. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, I just you, want real life back. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to get your head out. Twenty twenty three. Yeah. Twenty twenty four. Flying chairs. Yeah. That's what we're looking forward to. Anyway, sorry to go off on a tangent. Yeah, I don't know where we were. Where were we back? Which article were we looking at? 
Oh, yeah, to bring it back for if we're not talking about the metaverse, thankfully, um, we can talk about something um, regarding Google Ads. So this is where Google Ads are going to be hopefully rolling out a new update. They're currently testing new designs to improve workflows. So anyone who knows Google Ads knows that it can be quite a minefield to sort of navigate. And from what I've read from the article, there's going to be a new navigation menu. So there's like a single level or a two level menu. Um and it just means that everything in the account is better organized. So it should be more consistent and predictable. So there's been a, a few times when you've been scrolling, say, on Google ads and you sort of think you've clicked on one and you haven't and, and the scrolling is a bit off. And it's just it needs to be, I think, more streamlined. Um, and that's hopefully what they're working towards with a new reorganized um, interface. Um, and the goals are broken down sort of performance is more goal driven than ever so that's what they're focusing on um alongside things like audiences keywords and content so hopefully sort of especially luke and sophie who are you know paid gurus they'll really enjoy this update hopefully if it if it goes through after the testing phase um to yeah just improve the user experience with a refreshed sort of look and feel of the ads account I think this will be a very welcome change. <laughs> like the amount of times I get so lost in Google yeah. Ads, I'm just like, I'm sure it was it's crazy. in here. Yeah, but yeah, so also maybe clients as well as the, like don't, uh, you know, expect your interface to change as, if, as you log into Google yeah. Ads and hopefully for the better as well. I guess hopefully. it's going to be one of those things where you can flick between the two yeah. um, while it sort of rolls out. Mm, definitely. And I know, I think Luke and Sophie use a lot of Google Ads editor as well, which I find a little bit confusing, but I, so I quite like Google Ads just sort of in each account as it is. But if they can streamline that and make it clearer, more user-friendly, I think that'll be a really good thing. Um, especially if you are potentially walking a client through it or, yeah, just looking yourself to finding recommendations and keywords because they sort of change things left, right and centre, don't they? They changed, don't know how recently, assets from extensions to assets. They did that, so that was a bit confusing when I first logged on one time, but... Yeah, if everything's a bit, even if they do make changes like that, if it's clearer to see on the interface, I don't think it will sort of cause as much confusion as it potentially has done in the past. I feel like this is the first sort of big change overhaul almost that they've made since they completely refreshed Google Ads about five years ago. Yeah. So it was AdWords before and then they changed it to Google Ads and there was a big upset, or I feel like there was upset. Okay when people were like i liked it the way it was and then i kind of forget what it used to be like yeah uh and so yeah it, it is good to see that they're sort of iter making iterations mm -hmm. on what they currently have and sort of recognizing that their you know change needs to be made um mm -hmm. but yeah i i also agree that they they do just make changes and you log in one day and, they, and yeah, then it's and like, it's oh, oh, it's different. So at least they're, they're yeah, they, telling they've us. They've actually told us about this one. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we, yeah. Can, we can prepare for that. But if you want to have a look uh, at sort of how it's going to change and read a bit more about it, we'll put a link obviously in the description for the episode. Are we on to chocolate yet? We are on to chocolate. Are we on to chocolate? Let's move on to chocolate. Oh, thank goodness. Yay. So can I take this one? Just you can I take loved, I love chocolate. We've had some chocolate before we started, <laughs> so I think we had a bit of a sugar high. We had we got the giggles for a bit, didn't we? <laughs> um, so this is regarding Toblerone. Um, and we've got this article from The Independent, but it's kind of everywhere at the minute in that Toblerone are making a major change to their packaging due to strict Swiss rules. So there's rules, which I didn't even know about, obviously, which are regarding Swissness. So they prevent national symbols being used to promote 
products which are not made exclusively in the country. So Toblerone was completely made in Switzerland and now I think some of the production is being shifted to Slovakia. So they won't be allowed to use a Swiss symbol of the Matterhorn, um, which I think spans the border of Switzerland and Italy. Um, but it's the first time in over 100 years that they will be changing the logo to a more, I'm just guessing, a simplified, generic kind of mountain summit design um, with a large emphasis on the brand name instead. So I think it's quite a big move. I don't know. In terms of... I took a few years to notice that there was a bear on the Toblerone <laughs> logo yeah. as well. I think yeah. it's one of those things that I've seen and then forgot yeah. and then resaw. Like the FedEx arrow. Yeah. 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 This w- wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the Amazon smile. Oh like, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the only thing I'm concerned about here is, is the bear staying? Like, I know. I don't know. We don't know what's happening to the welfare. I love this. This word concern. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's true. So, yeah. They've said the, sh- the recipe and the shape of the chocolate bar will not be changed, but there is, oh, as God. of yet, no news about the bear. Yeah. So we'll come back when we get more intel on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just quite a big change, which I don't know. I didn't realise that Switzerland had these rules. I know they have it in France. You know, mm. it can't be called a baguette or champagne, you know, if it's not from the champagne region. We have it here. What was this about? Yeah. Cornish, Cornish pasties. True. Yeah. Cornish pasties. Yeah. yeah. Baguettes. Um, there's like the same recipe. There's like one recipe for baguettes, and it has to be that. Hmm. Um, right. And if it's not, it is a huh? bread roll. <laughs> 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 yeah. A long, a long, long hot dog <laughs> looking thing. <laughs> subway. Yeah, yeah, it's a subway. Oh, other brands are available. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So what, what? What is your favorite chocolate? If it's not Toblerone. Oh. Do I have to come back to you? Oh my goodness, that's just put me on the spot there. Um, dairy milk or I do like Milka. I love a bit of Milka. Yeah, so that's, really that's nice. like Toblerone, big airport vibes. Yeah, big <laughs> airport vibes. <laughs> big if travel vibes. If you've got any vibes. spare euros or wherever you're coming back from, and you think, what can I buy? It will be an extortionate. Would you go Milka over Haribo? Yeah. Mm. Chocolate over sweets every yeah, day. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. Every day. Completely. No, yeah. like in an international airport, you get some weird flavours. Oh, I'd go for like. M&M's if over anything, to be fair. M&M's, really? Yeah, M&M's. Well, the peanut ones. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Lucy has a peanut allergy. Yeah, avoid them like plague. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Toblerone, it's not my biggest. I find it quite hard to eat because it's a bit shape. It hurts, yeah. It hurts your teeth. Yeah, it does I hurt your teeth. definitely like pop my jaw sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge, like, yes, it's iconic. But it's definitely, it's more of a stocking filler oh, I for like, me. I do like a Toblerone. I'd pick a Toblerone. Really? Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. I like, I like those little ones. You know, like the you li- get... like the not, not like the massive airport ones. Yeah. But like the... No, you get like the the heroes or like celebration yeah. size yeah, yeah. ones. The ones that you can actually put in your mouth without yeah. breaking teeth yeah. or your jaw. Yeah. yeah. They're great. And you get like the different one. You get like the milk chocolate one and the regular and yeah. dark. dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. White, yeah. But it's... also, I'm not a huge fan of Toblerone, so... No. <laughs> They're up, they're definitely up there for me. No, nah, it's got to be Galaxy, surely. Oh, Ooh, yeah, that's see, a shout. I think Galaxy is the yeah. Where's Galaxy made? Don't know. American English version Mars. of Milka. Well, Mars Mars make okay. the the like. Don't mind a Galaxy, but it is quite sweet. I can almost feel <laughs> yeah. my teeth falling out as I'm eating it. I yeah. I I like. I think the texture's great. The flavor's great, but I always find find it quite clangy afterwards. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not like Aero, where it's just sort of smooth. Aero's got yeah, yeah. calories. Yeah. What about a Freddo? Oh, I love a Freddo. Oh, too expensive. Too expensive these days. <laughs> Fiverr. <Yeah>. Goodness. <laughs> I feel like we've massively verged away from any marketing so related. I, I also <laughs> no, this is the pl- no, 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 no. Let me bring it back to what 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 we're doing here is talking about the power of brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's know, true. So you want you want your brand to be remembered and 
uh, yeah, talked about as fondly as we've just talked about all these different brands. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just chocolate. Yeah. But, the the other thing that I was thinking of, like yes, rebrands are Matt, and it's the first. What does it say in the article? First time in over a hundred years they've they've looked at their logo. Um, if you did a straw poll of I don't know a hundred people, mm. how many people would know that it's the Matterhorn? Do you think? Not that many. Um, how many people would notice the bear? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's yeah, true because it point, does yeah. kind of as mountains go. It's a pretty generic mountain yeah, in, in general. I don't in fairness, I I looked at some pictures earlier and I was like, I don't see how they've changed it. I was looking at old pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was still the Matterhorn. Yeah, yeah. So it was still the Matterhorn. So yeah, straw poll would be interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder how they'll how generic they'll make it. I think what they'll do is they'll just take a triangle of Toblerone <laughs> and just put a little white peak on top. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it'll be. Yeah. That'll be the new generic. Yeah, engine. and it sort of calls out the product a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Watch this space. I didn't know Switzerland had yeah, such strict rules, but I feel like if you're an established brand, you can maybe just play around with the, I don't know, unless Apple changed their logo to like a banana, that would be rogue, but it would still be like, <laughs> you'd still have a brand because it's been around for that if, long. If Elon Musk took over Apple, that's like oh, the first thing he'd, he'd do. do. Yeah. That is what he'd do. We'd no, the first thing rogue. he would do is like, Fire half the company. Oh, yeah. Fire half the company. Without telling them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, without telling them. He's kind of got a playbook now, so people know what's coming. Yeah, you it's know, true. He, he, join company. He's on brand. Yeah. Yeah, join company, fire half the employees, realize that most of the employees that you fired were important, try to bring them back, they don't come back, fire more employees. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, and then just start yeah, being rude to people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's doing how well so, he sleeps at night. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, he's probably asleep most of the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. Or anyway, that's enough talking about <laughs> Elon Musk. Uh, so yeah, I guess that will probably do us for uh, this episode this week, unless there's any sort of any other news tidbits that you want to bring in that we hadn't brought to the fore. No, no. Just the event is next week. So get your tickets. Yep, fifteenth of March, Winslade Park. Yep. Pod VIP. Yep. 50% off. <laughs> Book now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we're genuinely, we're really excited about it. It's going to be a really great event. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be an amazing podcast. Uh, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> if you do so, say so. so. <laughs> I've heard the guests are brilliant. This yeah. Time. No, we've got some really exciting speakers, um, some really great workshops going on in the day as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So I really hope that anyone listening is able to come. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we hope to see you there. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, see you there. So have a great week and weekend because it's Friday today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. More Than Digital Marketing is released every Friday, ready for your weekend listening. So please do rate and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can follow us on Twitter using at Optic Solutions. And if you want to get in touch directly, you can do so using podcast at opticsolutions.co.uk. Thanks for listening and see you next week.